everybody. Um, Nick, cut that out. We are here to talk about something that we may have spoiled just a little bit last time. You know, by clicking on the episode, that we're about to talk about Slay the Spire, a game that I'm going to admit from the top that I liked. Okay, I'm glad we got that Wait, out of the way. who are you? What? Oh, I'm Joey, and this is the podcast called Garbage Game Club, where we talk about games like it's a book club. And I'm Nick, and I also really, really like Slay the Spy. So I'm hoping that you took our advice and played the game, or have already played the game, or I'm hoping you played the game. If you haven't played the game, please do still. Maybe we'll encourage you to do that. Maybe you just stop and go play it now, because I think that Slay the Spire isn't a game that I want to universally recommend like Hollow Knight. Or Sekiro. Slay the Spire isn't a game that I think is important to gaming, like Death Stranding. Slay the Spire is a game that I want. It's like a third bucket that I want to put it in. That is like just a a, a well designed thing that, while surely isn't for everyone, is good and is good in a way that you might not suspect it to be good because Slay the Spire is a roguelike deck building card game. Things that, I, how many of those do you think you like, Nick? I don't think I like any of them. I kind of like roguelikes. Kind of. You play Dead Cells, which I very much disagree with. Oh, Dead Cells is good. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you wouldn't really reckon... None, none of those would be your favorite genres. I, They'd all be in the bottom half. I've never jumped out of my bed to try and... Oh, I gotta get this new deck builder game. Like, you got me to play Artifact for a little bit. That's Not a deck builder game. That That is a that is a trading card game. Oh, okay. Different. But you build a deck in it. No, deck... Ugh. <laughs> a trading card game is a game where you have cards and you build decks and you can trade cards with other people. A collectible card game is like Hearthstone, where you collect them, you can't really mm. trade them, you build a deck. A deck building game is a game where as you continue to progress through the game, you are building your deck. You're adding cards to it as you play. Mm. So new cards will make your deck stronger. You can get rid of cards. There's, there's a whole bunch. It, it is a true deck building game. It's not like Magic. It's not like Hearthstone. It's not like uh, fucking Pokemon or Artifact or any of that. It's it's more akin to Dominion if you've ever played that that physical deck building game. But it's a deck building game and it's a roguelike and, and, it's, and it's good. I think that this game has appeared on a lot of lists because it's not a 2019 game, is it? It released in early access, I believe, in 2017, but it hit version 1.0 in 2019 it might even be a 2016 early release yeah like if you look it up it says 2017 but that's like when it was like kind of put out there i think it kind of it, it's hard to define when this game started it didn't just have like a 11 11 11 like call of duty it's yeah. just it, it hit a it hit a 1.0 up like this is the final copy like this is the the build that is now released it is out of early access and it is now released in regular access in 2019 so that's why I think it's made some lists or not other lists because it's hard to it's hard to just call it a 2019 game. See, see, you said something earlier. This is a game that's not for everyone, but I think that this game is why this podcast exists. Yeah, because people should try things that are a little bit out of their comfort zone. It, you know, it's not a game that I would normally play, but because I have to, because this is part of my job, I was like, sure, why not? I'll give it a shot. 
And I'm glad I did. Boy, did you play the fuck out of this game? There was a period of time, Nick, where I was walking by your room and I can just hear you slaying the spire. And you weren't, like, doing anything. You were just, like, sitting in bed static for hours <laughs> on your Switch, like, playing on the TV, just slaying the spire. Yeah, I, I got kind of obsessed with this game. How? What about the game made you obsessive? Was it... So, so Slay the Spire, you start off... Uh, you have three different classes you can choose from, which all play a little bit differently, like 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 your rogue, your knight, your what have you in other card games. Your red, your green, your you know, there's different archetypes of characters you can there's play. Physical strength. There's like poison slash drawing a lot of cards, and then there's um, I guess magic. Yeah, sure. So. And then you you pick your character, you start with the same deck every time, and then you start, you get uh, a randomly generated, a randomly seeded map, a dungeon that you can go through, and there's there's branching paths inside of the dungeon. So you, you start at one location, then you can go like left or right, or left, right, or center, and you kind of, you, you choose your path through this dungeon based on what... You what, what's appealing to, to you? Yeah. Do, do, do you want to have a lot of monster fights? Do you want to have heavy boss monster fights? Do you want to focus more on rest sites? Do you want to focus on shops? And so you are crafting your world through this game. You're really choosing your own adventure. At the end of each dungeon, there is a big boss that you fight, and then you play through three dungeons. And if you finish the third dungeon, you've slayed the spire. You're in a win state. You're in a win state. Yeah. So. Every round that goes on, you're, you're starting with the same deck and you're facing different enemies that have different attributes. This game has so many different like like status effects and attributes that like it's silly to kind of go through all of them. But there there is a lot of small mechanics in this card game. There there's there's a lot of things to keep it fresh. Because there's a lot of different play styles about a lot of different mechanics around a map that is always randomly generating, around bosses that change, around classes that you can pick differently, around cards that you get to build your deck differently every time. You cannot play this game the same way twice, which is what makes it um, a fun deck builder. And what makes it a roguelike is that uh, if you lose your runs over and you start again from round one. And you lose the deck you've built along the way. Correct. So but you do unlock things. And, the, that, and that's one of the things that I think is smart about how the game introduces you to this world. Is that it gives you goals that aren't as difficult as trying to slay the Spire in a first run. Because for all intents and purposes, you will not slay the Spire on your first run in this game. Probably not. Almost certainly not. I'm, there's probably a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of percentage that actually have done that because the game takes – uh, in, in, in a roguelike, uh, like a hallmark of a roguelike is learning and getting better as you play. And in some roguelikes, you know, that's because you start the game again with stronger weapons, with more knowledge of what's in front of you, with experience of playing – the the bosses but in slay the spire you start the game at the same point every time you're not taking like previous weapons or previous cards with you you're just taking your knowledge of how cards work with you you or know what works you know what you can expect along the way there and you have different types of decks that you have in your mind that you can attempt to build 
based on what you get dealt early on in the game. Yeah, you're taking with you knowledge. And while there are decks that are objectively strong if you're able to build them, the game makes it very hard to just acquire a perfect deck and formulaize the game because your card draws you're getting to add into your deck are random. You're always you're always having to compromise in order to build your perfect deck, which I think is so smart. Yeah. It's it's the hallmark of a good deck builder, I think. So People, what if people are like, oh man, I don't like playing with cards or like, I don't know if I really like card games or I didn't like Hearthstone or Binding of Isaac was a game I didn't like. What, what, we, we talked about what makes it a deck builder, what makes it a roguelike, but what makes it special? I think to you, it, it's so, I think it looks like it can be daunting if you just look at a screen and have zero context for what the game is. But once you actually get your hands on a controller you realize just how intuitive and easy it is to understand and i think the thing that makes it so crack like in that like you just cannot put it down is just how easy it is to consume it like especially early on like the first encounters go by really quick but the thing that the game does that i think why I like certain types of RPGs, why I like certain games, period. It's just the game is the game's goal outside of like wanting to slay the spire and just beat it is to break it. The game is begging you to break its mechanics. It wants you to break the mechanics. And when you finally do, you feel like a god. And that's what I think is the central thing that keeps you coming back because once you've acquired that kind of deck that allows you to break the game, whether it be killing a boss without ever letting the boss get a turn, whether it be inflicting 800 points of damage on an enemy when really when you start a game off you do maybe 5 points of damage, when you can do so much with so little because of how smart you are, that's that's the pure goodness of the game because you will never be able to get that moment again without a lot of rigor and just like smash grinding because it's not that you have to grind in order to get there. It's just like, sometimes you're just not lucky, but it, it's the high that a person who's addicted to slot machines feels when they win 300 bucks. It's trying to chase that high again and again. And sometimes it's a while before you get it, but once you do, man, it feels really good. And I can confirm firsthand, Nick doesn't really like slot machines. No, I don't like slot machines at all. I don't really like gambling at all. Yeah, he's much better with his money. Um, I like Slay the Spire because it... <laughs> this game feels... I, I self-identify as someone who enjoys learning. And I feel like a lot of games ask you to learn. They ask you to learn mechanics. They ask you to practice. They ask you to get better at them. But Slay the Spire, more than most games, asks you to really learn and think about, like, abstract interactions. Hmm. So it, it is intuitive in the sense that the cards work like they think you should. You're never questioning about, like, you know, turn priority or, like, what happens next or what can and can't I do. Like, the game just works but it's asking you to 
come up with card interactions, to come up with combinations. A lot, a lot of the games, you know, is based on card combinations to 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 break the game. To what works well for certain classes. So the game is constantly being like taunting you to to learn, to improve, to identify play styles that you like. It's it's um, it, it doesn't hold your hand very much, but it's at the same time it's not hard. Well, it's a game that you're probably going to lose at a couple times. A lot. Those those losses are learning experiences. And the joy of watching yourself get better and progress is like finite and and very transparent. You're able to be like, "Wow, I've played this game for 2 hours. I didn't get very far, but I have an idea of what I want to do." And you might even feel like it's impossible to win. But then you play for another 2 hours and you're like, okay, I've gotten much closer to winning and I understand mistakes that I made or some of the things that I thought were going to be good actually aren't good and you're iterating on all these thoughts and ideas that you have about the decks and the cards and the items and the and the paths that you're taking and the enemies. So you're constantly learning and eventually the, the, the high of like finding a strategy that works for the first time is so rewarding because it really makes you work for it and i i realize saying that out loud that it that might not sound great to some people like why do i want to work for this victory or like i don't know if i want to go through so much failure to achieve a success state because the game does ask you to go through a lot of failure to achieve success but there is that there is a a nearly unparalleled high of actually garnering that success and and I don't, I don't even think that the the failures are like crippling though. Like it, I think it would be crippling if every run took an hour, but every run in this will take maybe fifteen to like twenty minutes. Like yeah. and especially early on, like maybe ten minutes. It never feels unfun. And like I think if you were to try and actually win a game of Slay the Spire, it maybe takes like twenty to twenty five minutes. You I, most of my games, I would say. Well, okay, so you know, Slay the Spire also a game that you can play walk like. You don't have to give it a hundred percent of your attention. Yeah, you can put on a TV show. It, it's there's no real story. The music's pretty damn good too. But that's music's it. great. Sound effects is great. Yeah, and it feels good to press the buttons and for the cards. Like the card effects are all satisfying. Like it's all designed to feel good. But again, you could do a million things while you're playing the game. Um, yeah, man, it's really good. It, it it's really good. Like I. Uh, I don't think we often gush about games, and obviously, let's say the Spire isn't perfect. I don't think it's for people who really can't put up with that tedium. For people who hate card games for whatever reason, probably not for you. Even though I'd still encourage you to try it. It's a turn-based RPG. That's all it is, and the menu is just cards. Easy. And uh, you know, the the graphics aren't stellar. Some of the effects are really cool, but ultimately, like you know, the dungeons are like the same rooms. The enemies repeat, and they're like two D models with like minimalistic animations. It's not going to win a bunch of graphic design awards. Um, I mean, I think it's very easy to read. I think that there's like it doesn't. It kind of has like an uh, early aughts internet flash cartoon look about it kind of um but that's fine like i think the most important thing is that the game is very easy to look at at a glance and understand the entirety of a situation like i just love going on the subreddit and looking at people like look what i did and immediately understanding everything that they managed to pull off in a given screenshot without any context for how they actually got there like that's pretty cool and that's that's pretty good design 
menu design especially. Great Switch game. Fantastic Switch game. It would be even better on a cell phone. Yeah, it would be a fine tablet cell phone game. Because you could take it anywhere, and then that's it. I'd argue that a Switch is a mobile device you can't take anywhere, which <laughs> is good enough for me. But it gives you don't want to have your Switch and your phone in your pocket. Being able to play Slay the Spire on my phone in like a subway or whatever, great. I think it is coming to mobile, actually. It should be. Like, they now have the recognition and the funds and like the money that, that it just makes sense to business-wise to put on mobile. There's no reason that it couldn't be a mobile game. No. Um, and if it does come on mobile, I'll probably give them more money just to support them because I like the product they made. I think they made something very smart. I think that they put a lot of heart and soul into it. I think it's a great game that's worth playing. And like Nick said, part of the reason we do this podcast. I'd like to talk a little bit. There isn't a ton to talk about about this game. I think that we did. We blazed through it pretty fast. But I do want to actually talk about some of the game itself. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favorite class to play? Uh, my favorite class is the Defect or Ironclad. I think the Defect is my favorite out of all, and that's the blue one. Mm-hmm. That, that gives you the orbs that you can play around with. Um, the green one's a lot of fun, too, because the, each character class satisfies a certain type of card player. If you ever played a trading card game or deck builder game, you you kind of understand which class what the goal, what the win state is for each class, which I think is smart. Mm-hmm. For for red, for ironclad, it's all about strength. Um, the way to break the red class is to power up your strength to 15 times, and then you get something that doubles it, and then you get a heavy blade, which does five times the amount of damage based on your strength. And so you have a card that originally does eight damage, and then it does... 647 like it's just something that makes you feel powerful and but every class also has an ulterior infinite game breaking and then there's also just based on artifacts and items you can break the game in multiple ways but the other one for the for the red class is a discard infinite loop where you just get to play literally every single card in your deck forever and ever until you kill the boss or enemy which is a lot of fun but but the defect out of everyone is my favorite because of the orbs and Whenever I played a character that I wasn't the defect, I felt myself thinking, how did I do this before? What if I didn't have this little thing helping me the entire time? Like, I love, love, love the addition of the orbs. I think it's so fun. What about you? What was your favorite class? Um, uh, red, green. Red, green. I liked all of them. To say that blue is like my least favorite is like by a very small margin. Um, big fan of how uh, the green class silent it resol- resolves a lot around um, uh, card draw, uh, discard. I, I, discard. I like playing druid, which makes sense, um, and poison, which is a which is a fun stacking mechanic. Um, it's so strong. Yeah, uh, it it takes you a while to figure out which class or which way you want to try and break it because there are easier ways to break it than others. There's either easier combinations to get than others. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Poison might be one of the hardest, like Silent might be the hardest class to play. I think so. Um, which gives it a different type of allure. But everything was fun. Well, How long did it take you to slay the Spire the first time? How long were you chasing that high for? I think like three hours. I'd say that's relatively quick. Yeah, three hours. I was, well, I thought that once, I was kind of sad. I was a little apprehensive because, like, once I do it, I'm like, I'm done. I, I just get to do the same thing over and over with other unlockable characters, like, whatever. But then that's not the case. There's other things to achieve, which is great. 
Um, but, but going back a little bit to what you talked about earlier, just how everything in this game is there on purpose and were you to pull something out, I think the game would be nowhere near as good. Every, every class starts with a starting artifact and over the course of your journey, you open up treasure chests or uncover or are given different artifacts that add special abilities, whether it be, um, innate armor at the end of every turn or you get extra energy at the start of a new turn or you get extra health if you sleep but every starting class has the perfect item to get you obsessed with one certain thing about that class with the ironclad it's the ability to heal six health after every battle because then it's like a matter of like okay i can lose this much health and it won't really be that much of a loss and that's like the game telling you slowly insidiously saying this is the first thing you're gonna obsess about and then i'm gonna introduce you to everything else you can obsess about i forget what it is for the silent and then uh for the defect you get a starting electric orb which does three damage at the end of every turn and then those stack which is very fun but it, it gives you small things to obsess over and then you get introduced to the boss ones where hey the boss you, you usually get something like this will give you an extra energy so you can take an extra action, but it usually comes at the cost of something. So then you decide, is it worth it? Am I literally going to skip a treasure chest because I don't want to not be able to sleep at rest sites or I want to see my enemy intent. There's some artifacts that are like, if you take this, you'll get extra energy, but then you can't see what the enemy's going to do, which I've never taken because I'm like, that would not be fun. I do not want that at all. Like there's, there's, it'll give you something good, but it's always... Oh, but this might happen to you. Like, is that okay? Ooh, which is great. Oh, so smart. It's it's been a, it's a game that you can tell if you dissect it has had a lot of love put into it because there's a lot of little things that have been balance tested by a lot of people. And while you can't say that like this game has perfect balance, like it's designed to not have perfect. Yeah, balance. it doesn't need. It's so not competitive. It, it's it's not competitive, right? It's supposed to be fun and sometimes broken things are very fun and sometimes items you never want to pick up and sometimes items are like that's my favorite item i'm always going to pick that one mm -hmm. sometimes you like building ironclad not about attack damage but around defense so that you can never get hit and it doesn't matter and then you play a game that takes an hour because <laughs> you know you you just can't die but you attack very slowly there's a bunch of different ways to to build these characters and they succeeded at that and watching a group of people uh, like have that success in their game is cool because making card games is not easy no it's not easy at all they did a very difficult thing well they, they did a very good job making this card game that feels like it all works everything never feels cheap in a way that's just like well this card's just broken like this is this card's useless like it never really feels that way it's just like a different style of play like this card clearly is like i clearly don't understand the best possible use for this card which is fine because i'm focusing on one of these three builds that like might work for me which is great but real quick i want to talk about the the event spaces on the map the event spaces every roguelike needs event spaces from this point on everything needs to have a randomized encounter that could either screw you over or it could give you something game-breaking i love the question marks that are on the map it's a thing that i desperately it's a gamble 
Yeah, because it, it, you can choose to avoid them. Sometimes you have to run into them, but for the most part, you can like kind of avoid them. Um, but they are usually like story-based encounters where it's like a small little paragraph about like you know your character wanders into this uh, maze-like labyrinth room, blah blah blah, and uh, you know do you sacrifice 10 hp in order to acquire two madness cards which will put the cost of one random card in your hand to zero or do you just continue you get approached by a group of vampires and you will become a vampire you will lose 30 of your max hp but then you get small bite cards which allow you to heal yourself but while also doing damage which is pretty rare in this game he'd be the ability to heal so like you can kind of pivot the entirety of the build that you have going on. Or if you don't really like, oh man, I'm struggling. This deck isn't working for me. Those invent encounters can fundamentally change the game in, in a way that initially I was like never choosing those options because I'm like, why would I want to lose 30 of my max HP? Why would I want to lose all of these things that I've worked hard for? But then you actually do it because like, well, I'm going to lose anyway. So I'm going to try this out. And then it's just like, oh, this is a viable strategy. This works. And I love it. Because if you're not lucky, you'll surely run into something like this that can fundamentally change the way your deck is structured. And it's all done in like a cute story thing, which is like really nice. Like that that's a thing that I, when we played Bad North, I desperately wanted the game to have. I wish there were event spaces on the map that you navigate because the maps in North Bad North and this are very similar. Correct. It's like almost like grid, not grid, but like hexagonal base. Like it, it, it's pretty similar. There should have been something like this where it's just a text thing that pops up that says, hey, the, the ship has frozen over, but as a result, your men have gotten hardened by the winter and so they're a little bit stronger in the next encounter. Something like that would have incentivize repeat playthroughs of bad north whereas with something like slay the spire it's the reason why i keep playing the game i think if it was just uh us you know roaming down a straight line of three straight lines one has a bunch of monsters one has interspersed with shops or whatever or one's rest like that's not interesting to me the the event encounters those are the things that are the real game changer i think if you pull those out you have a game that is boring as hell Interesting. Uh, I I used event spaces a lot, but I didn't play with them as much as you did, I think. I love seeing what possible things because I feel like I still see new ones. Oh yeah, there there's a bunch of there's a bunch of random. I mean we both play this game for like 40, 50 hours. Mm -hmm. Like this is this is ironically one of the shorter games that we've recommended for this show, but one of the ones that we spent the most time playing because of its replay value. Yeah, um, it's, it's, you, you You can probably play this game forever. <laughs> probably. Uh, this is a good game to just like have on your Switch to be like, you know what, I'm on a plane, I'm bored, I have 20 minutes to kill, let me try a Slay the Spire run. I don't want to like get into anything, I want something comfortable, I want something that I can sink my teeth into that I know, that I'm familiar with. It, it's like a wine, it, gets, it ages well. You don't quite get the same high as your first time winning the game, but like yeah. if you win the game as all three classes, you can like unlock... You know the 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 fourth chapter of the game, which is like even crazier. If you want to keep playing, there's like um, inhibitors you can add on each character. Like, oh well, now you have like one less card per hand, or oh now you start with half HP, or now you start with all these like things that make the game progressively harder. If you are looking for that difficulty to keep on playing with like uh, with with like some encumbrance, um, but 
the game is good. That's what I want to say. It's a game that you say, I'm going to play this for 20 minutes, and then you end up spending two hours playing. Which is what Nick did earlier today. When, when I flew to Korea, it was the thing where I was like, oh, you know, I have a bunch of games on my Switch. I'm excited to spend time playing, you know, Dragon Quest or whatever. And then I was like, oh, you know, I picked up Slit. That's when I first bought it. It was when I went to Korea. And I got on the plane. I was like, I don't know, before I play Dragon Quest, I'll play a little. I want to see what the Slay the Spire is about. I'll play this for a little bit, and then I'll play Dragon Quest. I played Slay the Spire for the entire flight. That's I, a lot. I could not stop playing it. I, Your girlfriend's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, she No, she even watched me play. She goes, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, it, it looks, it caught her attention. I was like, oh, this is something like, I understand why. Also, potentially a game for non-gamers. Yeah, you don't sure. you don't have to be like I love Breath of the Wild, man. God awards the best game ever, man. I fucking like, gonna go jerk off to Hideo Kojima. Like you can play this game without a lot of other gaming experience. It's, it's a logic game. Like it really is just mathematics, logic, and just like, hey, how can I win? Because um, everyone loves to win. Do you have any Slay the Spire tips for people? Uh, when you play Ironclad, don't bother with the uh, in keeping your defense card until you've acquired every possible card don't stress too much about not getting the ideal deck early on until you've unlocked every possible card for every class which happens very quickly because once you do then it's like oh now this idea i have in my head is viable because i have every option at my disposal uh my tip for you uh which is something that I'm assuming people do based on my other experience with card games and deck builders and talking to people who play Slay the Spire. The most important mechanic to having a good deck is being able to get to a lot of places where you can discard cards from your deck. You want your deck to be small. Trim. You want your deck to be lean. You don't... 30 card deck in theory with all these cool cards like man I got all these different things and have all these different interactions I love them you're never going to get the cards you need when you need it because you shuff be, uh, you want to keep your deck very slender mm -hmm. just the cards you need for the strategy you're trying to play that's it but not what, a lot of fluff what if your deck revolves around a card that you can acquire easily that's based on how many cards are in your discard pile though what if i want a hundred card deck but i can get the card i need because my deck has been built to search and destroy acquire this card that'll win for me like that's so even like the strategy we just said is like mostly good but there's like some situations where it's like that's why this game's so good it's so versatile also if you play defect always upgrade your zap card first for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. A zero zap? Are you kidding me? Great. Ugh. Um Yeah, I think that's Is there something you don't like about the game? <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna stop, but is there something I don't like about the game? Um Is there anything that That there's I don't like that they I don't think there's a progression system in the sense that, like, you gain experience points per your character you play, yeah. which unlocks more cards. Because sometimes it's easier. Some of those cards that are unlocked via leveling up your your specific character, uh, which is one of the things that carries over between runs, is your like experience level. It's ultimately not important, but there are some cards that are locked behind. Like, oh, I have to play like ten games as yeah. as, as Ironclad, which I'm like. 
I get it. It's encouraging people to like play the same hero. It's encouraging m newer decks as you play more. I think it could put people off though if they're not into it. Yeah, and it's not the right way to play. You don't need to unlock those cards to be successful. So and that's that's like a very minor complaint. Uh, I don't like it when the game when you first discover that the last boss at the heart. It's like, oh, this dude, he regenerates. We didn't tell you that. That made me pretty mad. The the little dog guy, and when you get when you get to the the right the last stage, I was like, oh, I only need to do ten more damage. Oh, I did it. What? He just revived himself and he has half of his health. Oh my god, no! That was the first time I made it to the heart, and I was very mad at myself for not like. It's fine. It's a it's a good game, except the dude with the the. The the sorcerer boss is usually on level two with the two sword companions. I hate fighting that one. That one sucks. Let's find the companions, go away, just kill the boss. Yeah, but sometimes it's just it's tough. It's sometimes the game's hard, which yeah. is a That's good okay. and bad thing. Games yeah. don't have to be easy. You should play this game. If you haven't played it yet and you've listened to all this, I still highly encourage you to play it. Even if you want to like wait for a sale, if you see on put on your wish list so you can get a notification because you should try and play this game. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, it, it goes up there in the upper echelon of, of games that I think people should play, like Hollow Knight. How many times do I got to fucking tell you to play Hollow Knight? It's so good. Um, but Nick, what game are we going to play next? What's the next batch of homework? The next batch of homework is going to be the game the kids can't stop talking about. It's the game that all the, the boys and girls and everyone else has just been waiting for. Fortnite? Luigi's Mansion 3. Oh. Dude, I didn't know what you were going to pick. We talked a little bit about this before the fact. This is setting a hard deadline for me. I finished Luigi's Mansion 3, so my homework is done um and i'm ready to talk about it i have fucking opinions about this game nick you got you got a little bit of time ahead of you and we have we have a we have a time clock and we got to record before i go to uh before i go to europe so this is incentive for me to finish luigi's mansion before next week does that mean that you're playing it on my switch yes okay that's fine i don't think you should pay the money to have another copy of it okay <laughs> you just gotta tell me when. I'll just, I'll just let you borrow my. I gotta go. I'm gonna go play some Slate the Spire right now. But yeah. after that, you can have my. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna play Bloodstain tonight, so that's fine. That's that. I'm very happy for you. <laughs> um, everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. If you are listening to this and you want to watch the video version, you can get that early on Patreon. That's Patreon.com/slash/cybergarbage. Wow, I burped. Patreon.com/slash/cybergarbage. There, you can support us. Five bucks. This podcast. The other podcast we do, Joey Hates Movies, which is similar. It's about movies. You can watch our, our live show on Twitch, which we do once once a week. You can celebrate the new decade with us and give us money because that's the way the economy works in the current year. Thank you very much for your time. I really hope you go play this game. Goodbye.